Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sci-Fi Unchained. Really quick, I just wanted to invite everyone to join our social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Well, there is a Twitter, but I don't really use it that much. And to be honest, all I use Facebook and Instagram for is funny memes, a compelling conversation or two, and an occasional episode update. But anyway, come on over and join us and enjoy the episode. Okay, WandaVision Episode 4. And as always, spoilers ahead. So the episode opens up with Geraldine unblipping uh, back into reality after uh, Smart Hulk snaps everybody back, uh, who Thanos had previously snapped out of existence. She's in a hospital, uh, in a hospital room by an empty bed. She goes looking for her mother who was there being treated for cancer several years back whenever she got snapped away by Thanos. Her mom is Maria Rambo, so that makes her the little girl from the Captain Marvel movie, Monica Rambo. Now, I, I know you could have easily IMDB'd that, looked up the cast, and be like, oh, okay, this is cool, I guess. Not a big reveal. But... Come on, don't do that. Don't spoil it for yourself. <laughs> Unless you really want to know. Um, so I, I, I think this is a awesome character tie-in slash reintroduction. Uh, this means that we will get the superhero Photon at some point. Because, and this isn't really a spoiler because it's, it's comics related, but... In the comic books, uh, Monica Rambo is this superhero named Photon. Uh, she has a couple of other identities, but she's mostly known as Photon. Okay, so we get a shot of S.W.O.R.D. headquarters. S.W.O.R.D. standing for Sentient Weapon Observation Response Division. There's a slight change here, because in the comics, S.W.O.R.D. stands for Sentient World Observation and Response Department. It's an interesting contrast, and I wonder if this subtle change will be addressed, or if this is actually the real sword, and it isn't just an imposter organization, and Fury is out in space with the, with the scrolls running the actual organization. Uh, or it could be that because... Marvel itself has so many uh, alternate realities that the the sword uh, the the sword acronym stands for um, sentient world observation and response department in the realm of the comic books and this is the actual sword. And this is just one of the slight differences in those realities. That could also be true. Uh, if that's the case, I don't think that we'll get that explained away to us because how could they understand something that's going on in another reality? Which is funny to think about because... It, anyway, <laughs> Monica goes to S.W.O.R.D. and we see that she is an agent of S.W.O.R.D., a captain no less. She meets acting director Tyler Hayward. And uh, we see a commemorative plaque showing Monica's mother as the founding member 
on the wall. Really nice touch. I, I love it already. Uh, they discuss their astronaut training program, and Hayward tells her that they have shifted focus from manned missions to robotics, nanotechnology, artificial intelligence, and sentient weapons. Interesting. So Hayward gets in charge, and he shifts. He, he, he does an opposite of what Tony Stark did when he, whenever he came out as Iron Man, right? He shifts his focus towards creating weapons and uh, not just weapons but sentient weapons hmm. who does that sound like vision ultron can we get ultron back please please tell me we're gonna get ultron back i would love if we got ultron back james spader please do it come on you can you can take a break from the blacklist so they, they go into Hayward's office. Hayward grounds Monica to land missions only and sends her to Westview, New Jersey to investigate a missing person's case. Uh, and he's giving her utilization of some drones. Uh, she meets up with FBI agent Jimmy Wu, played by Randall Park. I love Randall Park and anything he's in. He's always hilarious. Uh, the big thing being uh, always be my maybe on Netflix. <laughs> I, anytime we, uh, me and my dad watch this show now, he's like, I'm always going to remember that guy as the guy who punched Keanu Reeves. <laughs> I said, yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> this is a great movie. Go ahead and watch it. If, if you haven't already, it's, it's really fun movie. So he, she meets up with Jimmy Wu uh, at the border of Westview, and the local sheriffs tell them that there's no such town as Westview. Hmm. Mystery and intrigue and abundance. Are these cops a part of whoever is trying to control Wanda or her powers, and they're trying to keep the town isolated? Or are they a manifestation of Wanda's trying to keep everybody out? Hmm. They just, uh, Jimmy Wu and, and uh, Monica discuss the uneasy feeling the town makes them feel. And they're not supposed to go inside the town. It's, it's like there's this looking at the sun thing. Like you, you look at the town too long and you have to turn away because your instincts tell you to run. It's very interesting. Very Doctor Who. Very Doctor Who of them, I must say. Um, Monica sends up a remote piloted drone that looks just like the toy Wanda finds in her bushes in a previous episode. The drone disappears through some sort of invisible barrier, and Monica goes up to study the barrier, and it looks like a giant up-close shot at a television screen with the barrier being comprised of red, blue, and green pixels that make up a reflective uh, screen projection, right? She touches it and the barrier sucks her through, which is super cool if you're like me and you've ever wondered what it would be like to being sucked through a TV screen into a TV world. That is pretty stinking neat. So now we know how... We, we know how she gets in there. 
right? Cut to 24 hours later, and we get uh, Kat Denning's character, Darcy Lewis, from the Thor movies. She's set up in a, a tent. Sword has at a forward base outside of the Westview barrier. Uh, she says she reads a colossal amount of cosmic microwave background radiation and gets the notion to feed those readings through an old uh, television after she sees the black and white world transmitting we saw in previous episodes on the screen of an older style monitor. Why S.W.O.R.D. would set up this state-of-the-art facility and bring in really old tech is beyond me. I don't, I don't know why that was there. The, the plot MacGuffin armor is showing here, WandaVision. So Hayward sends a, uh, an agent in a biohazard suit down what looks like an old well into an underground tunnel towards the town. Assumingly, this is the agent in the beekeeper outfit we see in episode two. So this episode is clearly set against the previous three and is happening concurrently with the events happening in the first three episodes. So Hayward goes to the main command tent and sees Kat Dennings watching the first episode of WandaVision where he sees Vision and clarify, they, they see Vision and, and Darcy Lewis clarifies that he is in fact dead, not blipped, but dead. She tells Hayward about her findings, and she finishes her sentence by identifying uh, the energy as the kind that can be traced back to the Big Bang, the creation of the universe. This is when Jimmy Woo drops probably my favorite line of the episode. <laughs> He's like, the universe made a sitcom about two Avengers? I, <laughs> I was like, yes, yes, they did, Jimmy. <laughs> I love Jimmy. Uh, not overly funny. It makes me chuckle, but a lot of things make me chuckle. So, eh. uh, Jimmy and Darcy start identifying the people they see on the show by their real names. Uh, and they see Geraldine on the show and ask a bunch of questions that happen to mirror a lot of what people have been asking online, right? right what... What exactly is this? Is she under somebody's control? Is she being forced to do this? So they go out to a station set up just outside the barrier, and Darcy instructs him to use the device she sets up to try and communicate with Wanda whenever she happens to be by a radio. This is where we get the scene in episode two, where Wanda hears that creepy radio voice, and Dottie breaks the glass as the radio explodes. However... This has been cut from the episode that Darcy is watching on her monitoring equipment, as if it were a random jump cut. So the show WandaVision is, in fact, a television show seen on Darcy's screen. The man in the biohazard suit uh, goes through the barrier, and his suit changes to the beekeeper suit. So judging on... What we know about the drone turning into a toy helicopter, the man in the beekeeper suit turning into, uh, well, the man in the biohazard suit starts off as biohazard suit, turning into a beekeeper suit, and uh, hit the, the tether that is on the 
back of his suit that's hooked onto him, it breaks and it turns into what looks like a, a old fashioned jump rope, the end of an old fashioned jump rope. So it seems that whenever anything from our reality crosses into this new reality, it gets changed to match the era, right? It gets changed to match the 50s, 60s, now the 70s. Interesting. So if you're going to be a part of this reality, you're going to be conformed to it, which would explain why Monica is not Monica. She's Geraldine. She's been changed and conformed to fit the fabric of this reality and, and to exist and coexist along with it and its inhabitants. So cut to the, the last episode, the uh, episode three with, with Geraldine and, and Wanda's giving birth on screen. Jimmy and Darcy are watching the show and they get to the scene where Wanda starts to question who Geraldine really is. Uh, she notices her sword, uh, her, her sword pendant, which I don't believe was shown on the show that they're watching. Interesting. Um, so this, this is when Wanda starts advancing on her and then the show uh, immediately cuts to the end credits with Wanda and Vision holding the now born twin children. And Darcy is like, someone's censoring the show. I, I thought that was fun. Um, so yeah, is some external force doing it? Is it Wanda doing it? The, the, the toss-up between the two is... Hmm. Or is it a force that's living right alongside Wanda inside the reality rather than outside of it, who is also manipulating events. Agatha Harkness? Could be. That's what everybody's thinking. <laughs> um, so this, this thing, this scene made me think, what if you were stuck in this kind of reality? Not a Truman show, not a Matrix type deal, but an actual reality bent to the will of a single individual who is also inhabiting that reality. That'd be terrifying. Um, and then that reality is also inside of another reality. Realityception makes my brain hurt and everything smell like copper. Now, as Darcy and Jimmy question where Monica went uh, at the end of the WandaVision episode, an alarm sounds and Monica is shot out of the barrier. We see the last part of the previous episode we didn't get to see where Wanda uses her magic to throw Monica through several walls and the barrier. A fun thing that as I was rewinding over and over to watch, she flings Monica through four walls, breaking the fourth wall. See, nothing in this show is done by accident. Absolutely nothing in this show is done by accident, and I love it. So, ooh, uh, she she then looks at her hands as if she can't comprehend what she just did, or she doesn't know how strong she is. It's very odd. Is something or someone influencing her to protect this reality? Like, is, is there a little 
voice in her head that's that we haven't been made aware of yet uh, that's like do it get get rid of her <laughs> do it Wanda then turns around as Vision enters the house and she sees a shocking image of Vision as a walking corpse as if he was just killed by Thanos complete with the hole in the head and the loss of color Vision expresses concern, and Wanda says not to worry, as she has everything under control. Oh, really? <laughs> Cut to Monica laying on the ground outside, and the uh, outside the barrier, and she says, "It's all Wanda." Is it? Uh, the The episode ends with Jimi Hendrix song, uh, "Voodoo Child." Who doesn't love Jimi Hendrix and Voodoo Child? That's a very appropriate song for what we just witnessed. Um, especially as we get more and more glimpses into the extent of Wanda's abilities. So this episode was very much an answer episode to a ton of questions the previous three had raised, and it did not disappoint. Though with any good answer episode, it gave us not only answers, but newer and bigger questions. Uh, it brought along new elements to the show, introduced new fun characters and situations. This is a show that's easily topping itself with each episode thus far. Not unlike how The Mandalorian did. Because when I'm watching both of these shows... There's nothing in me that really wants to watch the previous episode. I just want to watch the latest one over and over again because each episode that comes out becomes the pinnacle of the show. It becomes the best part, the the, the best episode. Um, there has been a lot of speculation on the usage of hexagons in the show, especially in the shape of the town. The hexagon... Uh, is also the shape associated with devilry and witchcraft, as in Scarlet Witch. That's what she is in the comics. Nothing so far uh, done in this show is coincidental, by the way, as, as I mentioned earlier. Even though it's just four episodes in, speculations may be a bit premature to make uh, as accurately as possible, though they are compelling. Uh, the more evidence corroborative, I can't speak, cor corroborative, yeah, there we go, corroborative lines given to us by the characters uh, inside of Westview, background evidence, uh, even the, the subtle facial expressions given by all the characters. This is definitely a show that deserves the amount of analysis it has been getting uh, and, and I can only imagine it's going to get more and more as the episodes progress and ultimately lead up to the Multiverse of Madness. It's going to be a whirlwind, and I love it. Um, if, if there's anything that the MCU has taught us is to never discount anything, never rule out any possibility because we're, we're going to give it to you. <laughs> uh, they're, they're turning a cinematic universe steadily more comic. It's becoming more comic book. And I love that. 
I, I think more and more people are loving it too. Not only for the simple fact that you could do pretty much anything in comic books. And now the MCU has created uh, this, this universe, this Marvel universe where anything can happen. They can do anything and it's justified because they've set up so much precedent and, and so much background information that now uh, say if multiverse of madness or the Eternals comes out and something happens and it's outlandish, it's crazy, it's wild. Nobody's going to go, well, this is stupid. What is this? I, I, they never explained anything. They, how can they do this? This is garbage. No, none of that's going to happen because the Marvel Cinematic Universe has been set up so neatly and, and with such detail. It's beautiful. It is absolutely beautiful. And uh, you, you know what, Marvel, go, go ahead and uh, send me that uh, that sponsorship money while you're at it, because <laughs> I'm I'm singing all kinds of praises. Um, aside from a couple of things like Thor: The Dark World, I don't think anyone really cares for the Hulk movies, and Captain Marvel kind of flopping. Marvel's hitting nine out of ten, and uh, now with their live action properties, their their live action show properties, hundred percent on board. Love it, love it, love it. But that is all I had for this episode, guys. Thank you so much for tuning back in, and stick around for more Sci Fi Unchained. But for now, live long and prosper, my friends, and may the Force be with us all. Thank you.